You're listening to Trek FM. Want to join in the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners' discussion group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field, and we look forward to seeing you there. This is Steve Sansweet of Rancho Obi-Wan, and you're listening to the 602 Club. Hello and welcome to the 602 Club, Trek FM's local watering hole, and I am just one of the hosts here, Matthew Rushing, and with me, as she is always, Christy Morris. Balboa. (laughs) I didn't know that was your last name. Your last name's Balboa? Yeah, I didn't. I don't know if you knew, but Rocky's my brother, and uh, we trained together. Okay, okay. I mean, I see the guns. I get it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I wish <laughs> everybody could see the guns right now. Whew. It is a show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, this is this is going to be fun uh, talking about the original Rocky movie together today. Yeah, I actually uh, haven't rewatched it in a while, and it was nice to get to come back to it. It's kind of an old favorite, and I'm sure for a lot of people. But um, yeah, I'm really excited and interested to see how our opinions match up. Yeah, I think so too. So, um, and yeah, it'll be interesting too, just to kind of see, you know, where we both, you know, not only land with the movie, just like, this is one of those movies too, since it came out before both of us was born, you know, like how we found it and all that stuff, which I always enjoy kind of hearing about, but before mm-hmm. we 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 forget, we just want to thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. We always have so much fun um, getting to interact with everybody on social media like uh we've got uh, at trek fm we're on facebook at facebook.com slash trek fm of course you can find us wherever you get your podcasts so uh just make sure you're subscribed and that way you'll get the podcast as soon as it drops and then uh you can also uh give us a star rating review on apple podcasts which really does help the show grow when you do that so we really appreciate that um, and then uh, we've got our listeners-only discussion group on Facebook. It's called the Babel Conference. You can find that, um, be led into the group, and you can talk to listeners from all over the world about the different shows we have here on the network. And then at trek.fm, which is our website, you can find our contact section, and there you can send Christy and I an email. So maybe you could tell us your story about finding Rocky or maybe the first time you saw it in the theater or something like that. But, Crispy, that leads me to the question of kind of like what your first bout in the ring was with with Rocky. Like, when did you first see this movie? I It was another, I, I feel like I say this all the time, but it was another film that I grew up watching with my dad. Um, he showed me the original Rocky movie and uh, First Blood when I was probably like 10 years old. It, again, great parenting choices you know i would say those are good wholesome kids movies right yeah oh yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) so um you know i i just i don't know i guess i was always comfortable with that kind of thing it didn't like give me nightmares or anything like that so i that's something that we really enjoyed rewatching often together along with like predator and aliens and all of the sci-fi stuff too so um yeah that's how i got into it what about you yeah um you know this is this is one of those movies that um 
it, it came out about four years before I was born, so it, it's definitely one, you know, I was not going to be able to have seen in the theater, but it, it also became one of those movies that I have honestly just missed, you know, throughout uh, my life, and I haven't seen the original, um, but I had seen, which is strange, I'd seen Rocky Balboa, which is, I think, the last film in this series for him, where he's just, you know, it's just about Rocky. Um, and then yeah. uh, I had also seen, um, I've seen the first Creed movie, which I really enjoyed as well. Um, so, but I've just, for some reason, never seen uh, Rocky, which I know is weird. Um, but I do have to say, you know, um, it was really, I, I had a great time, you know, watching it the other night with my wife and enjoy the experience so much that we just rolled right into Rocky Two. So, nice. like, yeah, so that was really fun that that was my first time uh, to be able to see the film. And, and so, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's. It, it to me, it's just always interesting how we, you know, we find these movies. You know, whether it was, you know, somebody from our family who are we something we grew up with, or you know, was it just one of those things where you just kind of end up missing it? And you know, um, yes. friend Sean has that show Missing Frames, where it's like you know, movies you should have seen but you haven't. And this yeah. was just one of those that I definitely should have already seen. I just hadn't yet, and so it was great to be able to finally. Um, Fill that gap, and I will say too, um, and I maybe maybe I'll I'll spoil it a little bit here, but um, it was definitely worth filling as a gap. Like I, I'm I'm very happy that I finally saw this movie. Well, and I think too, just to have that basis for understanding all the rest of the films. Mm -hmm. If you decide now you want to go watch through all, I think there's eight total if you count Creed. Um, you know, it then you could do that and you understand where it all started. But yeah, I mean, it, and there's always movies like that, that for whatever reason we've missed in our lives and you've always heard about, though. Like, I feel like Rocky is pretty embedded in popular culture. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's so many references to it, whether it's iconic scenes from the movie yelling out Adrian at people mm -hmm. or, you know, like uh, joking about drinking a cup full of raw eggs. Yeah. Which, disgusting. Like, I don't know why anybody would do that. It's so gross. But, you know, quick protein at 4 a.m. Uh, apparently. Or salmonella. Like you do. You know? So you yeah. just never know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I, I agree <laughs> with you. It absolutely is one of those movies where I think it is, it's good if you just kind of want to have a cinema education is to have seen this. Because mm -hmm. there are so many references in to it in other places. I mean... Even silly enough, you know, you've got uh, in Spaceballs, you know, where they're like, and next a review of Rocky 5000, you know. So uh, <laughs> it's it's definitely something that is, has become uh, humorous in some ways, but it's also been something that, you know, ha has meant something to a lot of people and, and people love these movies. So, yeah. And what was interesting for me is because, you know, I'd never really seen it, hadn't done a lot of reading on it, was just kind of reading about the inspirations that uh, Sylvester Stallone had had for this and that it legitimately was something that he wrote three and a half days. Um, so, and very shortly after watching Muhammad Ali and Chuck Wepner, who went 15 rounds before Wepner was TKO'd. Um, 
And so, which is insane. Yeah, which is crazy. Like, I can't imagine the, I mean, just even watching this movie, the pummeling that he takes, and like, how do you even stand up? Like, I, I don't, yeah, I just don't get it. But, and also, too, you know, um, the fact that there may have been some inspiration from, from other real life boxers like, um, Rocky Marciano uh, and Joe Frazier. I love that the, that Rocky poster is actually on his wall in the movie. So, you know, really mm-hmm. neat to me to see that this is something that obviously meant a lot to Stallone. I mean, to be able to produce the screenplay in three and a half days is pretty crazy. That doesn't happen a lot in Hollywood, really. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, because, too, if you think about like the they generally say a screenplay is one page per minute. Yes. And so and and to do that in three days, starting from nothing is is really insane. And like bravo for his hard work. Yeah. <laughs> and so I feel like, too, it just it's a really nice underdog story. And I feel like that's where he probably got a lot of inspiration as well about just um the the work that these people put in to become an excellent boxer and the stress that it puts on your body and explaining boxing terms like I didn't know what southpaw meant before this movie and then even rewatching it again I was like oh yeah that's right yeah no I'm right there with you I I didn't know what that meant either <laughs> you know even though they there was that movie uh, a few years back called South. called southpaw yeah exactly <laughs> but I had no idea what it meant um I mean yeah. and, and like. I, I didn't grow up in a family that really watched boxing uh, or anything yeah, like that. So it wasn't something that, I, you know, I've I've grown up being familiar with as the sport and everything. Um, but I think, you know, this movie definitely kind of gave me a whole new appreciation for kind of what it can be like. And, you know, just in general, I think the thing that I was impressed with learning this is that, you know, this really is a singular work, you know, that it's, it's, it's something that Sylvester Stallone had really poured himself into. Um, you know, when you write a, a screenplay in three and a half days, um, it, it's something that you really care about. And, um, I thought it was interesting that the, the studio United Artist they liked the script, um, but they wanted to use a, like a more well-established actor, like a Robert Redford or Burt Reynolds or James Caan, and he basically gave him an ultimatum like, uh, if I'm not in this movie, I walk with the script. And I think, you know, he made the right choice for sure. Because I, I mean, as great as those guys are, Sylvester Stallone is Rocky. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, too, if you think about any of these other people possibly in that role, not that they wouldn't have done a good job, but I've always felt that Robert Redford at least is more of the pensive, strong, quiet type, um, maybe as mm-hmm. a person, but then also as an actor, that's like the roles I've seen him in the most. Um, and so I feel like this role, you really needed somebody that not only was going to be more, um, outgoing i guess in general but also um was going to be a a fresh face to put for this character i just i don't know i feel like for this to really be successful it needed somebody like sylvester stallone who at the time didn't have a big movie career yet this was what solidified his career and took off afterward yeah i mean again i'm with you on that because you know those other guys are great 
but I just don't see them as being the people who could pull off the role in the way that it seems to be written. You know, the, I mean, it really right. does seem to be written with Stallone in mind and just the characterization that he gives the, the, the character himself. You know, um, all of those guys don't feel like they would be able to play some, the, the person that kind of, I mean, like, has this almost childlike nature to him. You know, he's in this really yeah. mean world. And yet there's still such a, a an almost like a childlike hope to him and and just a childlike nature of inquisitiveness and um and I, I hate and I don't mean this in a bad way at all, but there's a simplicity to him as a person, you know? And yeah. I don't know if any of the other guys would have been able to play that the way that Sylvester Stallone does and just make it as believable. I mean, maybe they could have, and I'm just taking something away from it, but I, you know, I think this is one of those places where it's just like, no, it, it needed to be Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I I did actually write in my notes that I wanted to make sure I mentioned. I love the way that Stallone plays the character as, you know, like he's wrote him and played him as he's just a really good person who has a very strong sense of right and wrong and um, although he tells Adrian, like, I'm kind of dumb, <laughs> um, he is just like being honest and saying, my dad told me I didn't have much for brains, so I needed to use my body in life. And so that's what I figured out I was best at. And so he just takes that and runs with it. And I think that he really gets across in the scenes like with um, the girl on the street corner that he takes under his wing mm -hmm. and walks home mm -hmm. and is t telling her about how to be a good person and not have a bad reputation and right. to get places in life, you need to hang out with the right people. It just really shows what kind of person Rocky is. Yeah, no, I I'm really glad you said that because I think that's the thing that I was keying into it. This whole movie is that what really makes this movie work is the character of Rocky and the way that Sylvester Stallone plays him. And he, mm -hmm. he's just the heart of the film. You know, he, he truly is just the heart of the movie. And like I was, you know, he's got that childlike innocence, um, even though he does understand how the world works. Like you were saying, like he clearly gets the way the world operates, especially like yeah. when he's talking to, uh, you know, his, I mean, he works for a, a lone guy. Who's who's basically oh, yeah, the loan shark. Yeah. Low level mobster, basically. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and and so, you know, he knows how the world works. Um, you know, he's seen what the world has done to his his friends too, like, you know, his friend Polly, who's just, you know, scraping by and, and, and you know, wants a better job with with the loan shark, basically, and, and all that. And Rocky's like doesn't really want his friend involved in that you know like you said the, the girl on the street you know where he's trying to get her to understand what life is like on the street and and like the the, the mm -hmm. reason like you don't want to be like that and again i just think all of these things that he's doing there's such an honesty and a believability with this that just bring it all home to me and and i thought that um it was just really interesting uh, because, again, he truly is the heart of the film. Like, 
Um, like mm-hmm. he is, he is the center to which everything else of, of this movie, um, really is based. And I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I think it, um, makes a lot of sense for why he was fighting to play the role. So, yeah, it, it's really nice to see that, especially that he ended up playing the character when you see the scenes like that. And then also like, you can tell that he plays Rocky as somebody who is, another guy from a small neighborhood mm-hmm. and it, he kind of knows everybody and he has his regular places that he goes. And it's, it's nice because you as an audience are really like lo- seeing life through his eyes, especially when he goes to the final fight, because right before he's telling Adrian, I just want to be known as the guy who went the distance. And I wasn't just a guy from some neighborhood in Philly like I made something of myself or at least I gave every possible part of me to do that. Yes. Yeah. And, and not only that, uh, you know, because, and I think just right along with that is that, you know, Rocky is a person, you know, he, before he's called out for his fight with Creed, you know, to, to be the person that, that Creed will, will battle in the ring, you know, like, Everybody just kind of seems to be using Rocky, you know? Yeah. And, you know, Paulie's trying to use him to get a better job. You know, um, his 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 loan shark boss is using him to be muscle. Um, you know, everybody just kind of seems to be. And even even then, um, as we progress to, you know, Rocky getting the invitation for the fight, like people are just using him again in many ways. Like. Mickey is mm-hmm. kind of using him to kind of get back into the limelight in some ways. You know, again, Paulie's just trying to use him. Creed is just using him. Like, he's a guy who's just constantly being used by people for their own benefit. And, like, in many ways, I think that's one of the reasons why Rocky is attracted to Adrian because she's not somebody who's trying to use him at all. In fact, she's somebody who's, mm-hmm. you know, disinclined to associate with anybody you know because she's so shy and i think that's one of the things that makes her so attractive to him is that you know uh he's he doesn't feel like she's going to um try to 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 use him in any way and so that was just something that was really interesting to watch play out throughout the movie and it was just it was kind of sad, right? Like it makes sense why Rocky's goal then is to be somebody who's seen as being able to go to the distance, you know, to 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 basically yeah. be somebody who means something beyond being used by somebody else. Like that's he wants to be somebody who can who can do this because then it proves his worth. And like it really shows like in this movie, it wasn't something I put on um, the outline, but it was just something I was thinking of as we're talking like how important it is for us to have worth and feel like we're worth something to people, you know? Um, and, oh, yeah. and when we don't feel that, um, we tend to not live our best lives. And so having a purpose and, and feeling useful to others uh, in a way that um, doesn't just leave us feeling like they're using us for their own benefit is just something I think plays out as an undertone throughout this entire movie. I love that you brought that up, not only the the piece about worth, but also especially about everyone using him, because I think that there's two big moments in the movie where you see that more than anything. And one of them is when he finally blows up at Mickey, even though Mickey's left the room and he's going down the stairs. Rocky is just 
letting it out out loud how he's so tired of being treated like that and that he's saying, where were you when I was in my prime? Like you got to have a prime at least. And now years later, you're finally wanting to get involved with me, but it's just because I'm going to be on a TV fight. Like if it was any other regular fight, you don't care about me. But he finally, you know, decides to go and allow him to coach him anyway. Um, And then, and then I love the part where uh, they're actually in the final fight and the coach for Creed says he doesn't realize this is a joke. I think that's what he said. He either said he doesn't realize he thinks this is a real fight or something like that. Yeah. And then it's like they're suddenly realizing, oh, he came to play ball. (laughs) Yeah. Boy plays, you know, he plays for keeps, Uh, (laughs) you know, he's not in the ring to to just dance around uh, and get his face beaten in. No. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I really liked that, that you pointed out that moment with Mickey because, you know, earlier he says, you know, they have that conversation uh, at the gym and he's like, why did you give up on me basically? And he's like, Oh, cause you, you know, you went to work for that guy. And it's like, you know, if you truly believe that he could be somebody, then like make him be somebody. Right. You know, like spend right. the time with him. And, and so it's like, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it also shows the importance, I think, of just the need for others in our lives. Like we can't do it on our own. And and obviously this isn't a fight that Rocky could even possibly get close to winning on his own. You know, he didn't mm-hmm. need others. And uh, I think that kind of shows, I you know, even just the the way this movie looks and, and where it's shot and everything. And, you know, we're kind of seeing 1970s, you know, East uh east philadelphia it's it's not great you know like uh the the big cities the east did not look good in the 70s um and and so i think you know even the production speaks to the way in which there's there's it's it's a hard time there's it's hard time for jobs there's just kind of uh urban decay uh everywhere and it really makes the movie feel raw and real because of the way they shot it you really in this place and you're kind of feeling the the uh the way in which all of these people's lives are just kind of having the joy sucked out of them because they just don't have anywhere to move they don't have anywhere to go and and the production i think really helps speak to that absolutely yeah i, I think that you really see that in the way that they did set design the costuming um, and and even showing, you know, where Rocky lives yep. versus where like Polly and his sister live, their house is at least a little bit nicer, it seems. And maybe they have like some family heirloom furniture and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's like pretty much everybody here is scraping by, like you said, and they're they're doing OK, but they're definitely not where they'd like to be. And so it's it's really also another way that you're rooting for Rocky for this fight because you're like, he's at least going to get a good pay cut for that for just showing up and fighting. And then maybe he'll be able to do some things for improving his own life and moving on from there and maybe continuing to do big fights and stuff. And like just the whole thing sets him up to succeed with that in his life where he couldn't before. Yeah, I really like that. Um, you know, you just pointing out just the way the set design and how, you know, such a shamble that Rocky lives in, 
And yeah, yeah that difference even like between, his couch is yeah. covered in beer bottles. It's yeah. Well, and he's <laughs> he doesn't do anything for himself to keep it clean. It doesn't look like um, well, in that true. way. He's definitely kind of a bum, um, you know, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, that, I think all of that just really works in the film. And it, it's one of the things I think that makes it really special is, you know, sometimes it's not great to have a movie that's so tied to its time period. But here it's so important because it's it's such a part of the the milieu that we're in. And so the production really speaking to the fact that we're stuck in, you know, the, the late seventies and things aren't great in, in inner city, uh, Philadelphia helps, you know, it helps sell the story of this kind of down and out fighter. And it really brings the movie to life and just the rawness of the way they even shoot the movie makes a big difference mm-hmm. too with the lighting and, and just like everything either feels harsh or kind of darker or you know, like nothing, nothing feels really comfortable here, which is, is yeah. perfect. You know, it's just exactly the way it needs to feel. So, um, we've got the, the, the rest of the cast for the movie. Um, and I was thought it was really interesting that Talia Shire, uh, plays Adrian because right before I'd seen this, uh, the weekend before, I had some friends over, um, couple couple people, not not a lot. So don't don't get on me. But we watched The Godfather, and they had never seen it. And, and I've never seen yeah, it. Yeah, she plays Connie, which is uh, the Corleone sister. And so it was really interesting to see her in this role because in that role she's just super vibrant. She's a you know she's a, this you know yelling Italian woman you know with a hot temper and everything. And here she's just completely different. And I thought she played mm-hmm. the role so well of somebody who's just, you know, she's almost kind of scared of people in some way. And yet uh, Rocky is able to kind of draw her out of her shell in the best way. And I, I really liked the the story that they tell with these two um, people who really are good for each other because they kind of help fill some of the gaps that 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 the other has. And um, I think he even says that, you know, we, we fill each other's gaps, yeah. you know? Uh, and I think that's, that's really important to be able to realize, to see where you're deficient and where that other person helps um, make you a better version of you. I think that them together was the sweet, positive light of this movie because you see that her brother, Polly, is even maybe a little abusive, yes. at least verbally, mm-hmm. all the time. Yep. And then the final fight that the two of them get into, and he's still acting like everyone owes him something. And she finally says, I do everything for you. I owe you nothing. And it's like her finally being free of that weight. And and then asking Rocky if he wants a roommate, I think, for her as a character was the best decision because clearly Polly needs to figure himself out and it was not doing her any favors. And I wonder if it was the cause of her being so terribly shy and uncomfortable around people. I think that's a great pull. I mean, absolutely. Because that would scar you and make you think, okay, well, I just can't trust anyone to treat me right. So I'm not going to talk to anyone. (laughs) Well, and, and it would definitely hurt, hurt your self-esteem and like, I'm not good enough, you know, all of those kind of things. Right. You know, absolutely. That would, would hurt her in that way. And I, I think one of the things that's really interesting is when you have her and then her brother, Polly, 
I think one of the things that they do there in the story is they show the reason why both of these characters are the way they are. You know, Polly's in this dead end job. He has nowhere to go. He does no prospects, you know, and he takes that anger out in the wrong place and he takes it out on his sister. And it, I'm not saying it's right. It's just what happens, you know? And, and so, mm-hmm. I mean, even where we are right now is we're going through this COVID pandemic thing. Like everybody's on edge, you know, like people are oh, much yeah. more willing to kind of, uh, kind of blow up at people that they wouldn't normally just because of the stress that we feel that we're under all the time. And so, you know, you, you, you have a sense of, of what this guy's life is like. Um, and you know, honestly, it, you see why he keeps asking, you know, for the the opportunity to make more money, you know, because he's mm-hmm. not going to be able to make any more money where he is, and he doesn't have the ability to really move up in that company. And so, it's it's just a sad state of the world that's that's turning him into somebody that would be verbally abusive to his sister. And to take yeah. his anger out on her. And it's not just the situation's fault because he's obviously choosing to do that. But it does, it is, yeah. it is part of it. Um, in, yeah. in the same way that, you know, just the, ex- the experience then of what she's lived in has, has caused her to be what she's being and, uh, and, and how she yeah. acts, which is to be somebody who's kind of removed herself uh, from society in, in all ways. You know, she's very quiet, you know, and so I just, those two together, I thought, were really good in the movie, and they, again, both of those characters kind of help show the way in which the reality of, you know, the the late 70s was playing out in people's lives. And, and you know, when you feel hopeless, you know, the, there there isn't a lot of places to go. Um, mm-hmm. And in many ways... Rocky becomes the character who helps give both of them hope in different different areas of their life, you know, and it it makes mm-hmm. sense to why Rocky then is this character that so many people kind of latch on to because he is the quintessential American dream, like that you can you can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps yeah. and get out of your situation um, by whatever talents God has given you. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we see Rocky as being a beacon of hope to people who have none. Mm-hmm. And I, I did want to say to you, I feel like the, the moment when um, he and Adrian finally kiss is so sweet because it goes back to what you were saying about the self-worth like she's finally being shown by somebody that, you know, she thought he was joking at first when he said that she was beautiful. And that was so sad. I mean, it really like hits you in that moment that she's like, don't mess with me. Don't joke with me. And he's like, I'm not it. it, And then she just like crumples <laughs> because she finally understands that like he really means it. That Somebody is saying, I really do care about you. I just thought that it was such a, an emotional, sweet moment um and and moments like that too throughout the movie made me notice and maybe i'm jumping ahead a little bit but there's not a lot of music in this movie yeah there isn't you know um i think you know the music in the movie bill conti does a great job with what he gives us because it's so iconic um but a lot of this movie just gets to play out um with the scenes mm-hmm. with the characters and you know there's some diegetic music with people singing on the street corners and stuff like that 
Um, but I think it really works to kind of sell the bleakness almost of, of the situation that the people are in. Um, and then the points when you have music, um, you know, you have this kind of like triumphal. I mean, the, the movie starts with that, that anthem, that Rocky anthem. You know, yeah. like, and it lets you know that as bleak as the movie's going to get, there is still going to be this hope. And I think he does a that. That's the genius of what Conti does with the music. I think is is that he lets you know that this is, um, it's going to end in a way that's going to leave you hopeful. Uh, even right. though Rocky doesn't win the fight, too, right? You know, Rocky doesn't win the fight, but um, it that's not what mattered. Rocky is able to, because he goes the distance, you know, uh, I feel, I feel like we're going to start singing, um, uh, the, I can go the distance yeah, from, I Hercules. The distance, uh, from <laughs> Hercules. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's exactly, basically that, that, that hope of Hercules from, from, uh, that movie is the same hope that Rocky has. He just wants to be somebody who proves that he has worth, he has value and he can go the distance. And the music I think really helps sell that even when there isn't music because it's telling you something so right like holding off until the right moment and then it's the use of the triumphant anthem yes like him running up the steps and holding both hands up in the air i mean mm -hmm. everybody now loves that song and that scene and i feel like i need to go to those steps just to do that yeah yeah well we can go visit aaron goins and and then you know drive yeah. to Philadelphia. so um <laughs> you know, it's funny because I've obviously seen Carl Weathers now in uh, The Mandalorian, and I feel like I've seen him in some other things. Obviously, we saw him in Predator. Predator. You know, he was great in that. But, you know, he really is so good as um, this just bombastic, larger-than-life Apollo Creed. And, you know, I, I think my favorite moment with him was the moment where they're in the hospital and he's laying in the bed and Rocky comes and asks him whether he gave him his best. And he's like, yeah, you know, and it's just such a painful moment for him because, you know, Apollo doesn't want to have to admit that he gave Rocky his best and he almost got bested. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so I think that was something that I just really appreciated. And, you know, Carl Weathers did a great job of playing both sides of this character. You know, um, the one who is just so full of himself. And at the same time, the, the guy who's actually really kind of insecure, you know, like he has to stay at the top for people to want to like him. Right. Like, or at least that's how he feels. So um, mm -hmm. I just I, I thought he did a great job, you know, he and it's iconic for a reason like his, his portrayal of this character and the character himself is is iconic for a reason yeah i think even having just that name apollo creed you've got to have somebody with that level of personality and um presence to play that kind of role and carl weathers totally brings it and i have to say too looks like he was in the best shape of his life in this movie and still the two of them going in the final fight was so riveting. And it was awesome to see in that moment, too, like we we're saying earlier, um, him as a character, Apollo is feeling like, oh, you know, we're just going to step in the ring. I'm going to knock him out pretty quick and then we'll be done. I won't have to try very hard and I'll still be on top and still have my value. And he realizes that that's not why Rocky came there. 
and that he's got to give his all as well. And I love that at the end, finally, even though Rocky doesn't win, he got close and the two of them are hugging and he says, there's not going to be a rematch. And Rocky says, I don't want one. And it was just, oh, it's so good. Like the two of them. And then Rocky two happens. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like it's just like they were evenly matched and they could say at the end of it, we both gave absolutely everything to this fight and there's no shame in that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I think you're 100% right. And I think that's what makes, uh, and we'll have to talk about it sometime, but that's what makes two really interesting. (laughs) So, because this ends in in that way and it's such a great end. But yeah, then we see it doesn't stay that way. So, yeah, um, yeah, but Carl Weathers is great. And like you said, having to name Apollo Creed, you need somebody who feels larger than life and betrays the character as larger than life. And that was perfect. So, Mm -hmm. um, Burgess Meredith though, playing, uh, Mickey, you know, he's, he's been, uh, kind of like that, that character has been done by so many people in so many places kind of pretending to be him, but just having the original person doing the original character was so great to see. Uh, and, and, um, I I like that there is more to the character than you know just being the trainer. You know, he has his own story, you know, he has a reason for the things that he does and he's also kind of a character who's just he's just trying to make it at this point, you know, like and it would be great mm-hmm. if he could find somebody who's going to make it uh in in the boxing world that could help him out in some way too. And I, I really gravitated towards just watching this, this person struggle with that, you know, and, you know, his not helping Rocky earlier in the movie, it does sort of make sense because in many ways, like, if a person isn't willing to like give it their all, you know, like he doesn't have time to deal with people who aren't willing to do that, right? with what he's trying to do and the life he's trying to make for himself, you know? And so I just like that there is a, is a great reasoning for the, the reality of who these characters are, um, that, that feels so grounded and real. And it's, it's very, the movie is just so gritty in the, in its characterization of all of the characters. And so, uh, and, and we really see that with, I mean, Mickey is as gritty as it gets, (laughs) Oh, yeah. And it, well, and I like that it's not so cut and dry with Mickey. Like you want to not like him because you do feel in that moment um, when they're arguing that Mickey is just now trying to get in on the game because he wants to use Rocky and he wants to get in on the money or something or or the fame that, oh, I coached him. But then you kind of see a different side to it and feel some for Mickey when he kind of is starting to leave and feeling like, okay, it's not going to happen. And he says, I'm 76 years old. And he looks really let down. And I felt in that moment, oh, maybe it's not so much that he just wants to use Rocky. It was that he was seeing this is a way I could finally make a difference in a kid's life in a major way. Yes. And he knows that he can give Rocky something to give him 
a fighting chance. Yeah. Right. Like, like he's saying, yeah. I didn't have a trainer. And you really need somebody to tell you like the right exercises to do, how often to do them, what to eat, um, you know, how to do everything to prepare properly for this fight, because I couldn't do it alone. Right. Absolutely. And, and you know, he's the one who helps Rocky come up with the plan and train for the plan, which is to start using his right fist as the lead fist, you know, and, 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 mm -hmm. and not be the southpaw for most of the fight. And until the end when Rocky just kind of unleashes and, and he, 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 you know, it's basically, you know, um, I am not left-handed, but you know, it's more, I am not right-handed <laughs> from the princess bride right. thing. <laughs> uh, and, and that's exact. I mean, but he's the one who helps Rocky see that and then help him train so that he can actually do that. And it gives him, again, it gives Rocky a fighting chance. And I think, yeah. you know, that's the that's the beauty of the character. Like, There's a lot of nuance in, in these characters. And it does, it seems strange to say that for a script, you know, that's written in three and a half days. But there is a lot going on. And I think, you know, Sylvester Stallone really just showed... Um, his ability to bring out the emotion uh, in in this story and really make you care, and everything about this movie, I think, I think everything about this movie pretty much works for that reason. You know, like they just found mm -hmm. the right way to shoot it, the right way to edit it, the 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 right type of music to insert, the right type of emotion at the right time, right casting. Like honestly. This movie is is one of those where it's just like I get why, you know, now that this is a movie that everybody holds in such high regard. Right. Yeah, it, it's really got very few drawbacks, if any. And I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head as well right there, because when I think about it now, I'm like, it's very tight in a good way. Like it just keeps to a certain number of cast members it doesn't try to go too grandiose with anything and i think that that makes it a good strong story that you can easily follow and it's not trying to be anything that it shouldn't be absolutely i mean and that's something that you know obviously many movies uh and when they get through to their sequels and stuff that they they find that they can't do or they try to add too much you know and and i think mm -hmm. of this movie um i it just it really it really uh, it found its way so um i guess that's probably a time for us to maybe talk about what we might rate rocky so, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like it's pretty clear how we're, how well we're going to rate it. But <laughs> I I do want to give it a, um, I'll do out of five and say a four and a half out of five bull mastiffs. Nice. Because I thought that, that nice. the dog was a cute touch. Yeah. Or, um, but yeah, it, it just, there was, the, the only thing I think was a little bit of a drawback was that at times you feel like, Adrian's character could have had some more dialogue. I think in the beginning, it's just a little too uncomfortable with her in the pet store kind of ignoring him all the time. But I mean, that's very, very tiny drawback. The rest of the movie, I think, is just perfect. So, yeah, that's a, you know, it, it is really interesting to me because 
you know, I, my wife and I were talking about this a, a little bit, and um, you know, it, it's a strange movie because Rocky himself is is a very strange character. You know, um, he he just has a very um, interesting and and uh, yeah, he, he's just an interesting person, right? You know, he he's you're not he's not completely likable um and he's not unlikable and he kind of has a weird personality and but by the time the movie ends you just you really like this character and you you like what he stands for and who he is and to me mm-hmm. you know everything else about this movie as we're talking about it like the more we talked about it the more i realized that to me this is a five star movie I mean, because everything it's trying to do just works. And everything about the way, like I was saying earlier, just like everything the way it was done works. And that's impressive. Um, And a lot of times, you know, with these older movies, you know, less is more. And I think the fact that they had a very small budget and everything just worked perfectly for the story. And the actors were perfectly cast and there isn't really anything about the movie I think that I would change. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is fantastic. So, yeah, I love I love when I get to go to these type of movies, you know, that I haven't seen, and it doesn't turn out to be like a Ghostbusters two situation, you know? Yeah, that kind of thing. Well, and like now you can watch this every time before you go for a run and get pumped. Exactly. And then, you know, go out and go the distance. Well, and now, see, you know, I've just got to get to Rocky Three so I can finally hear the Eye of the Tiger play uh, in the movie. So, <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I will definitely be continuing. We watched two and I'll be watching, uh, well, my wife and I will continue to watch them, them all. So I can say I've seen the Rocky series. Uh, Yay. But uh, Christy, I think it's time, as uh, we always get to this part of the show, for our recommendations. And I do have a good one. I'm really excited because I'm not usually a huge documentary person, but I've gotten more into checking some out recently. I've just been in the mood for some off the beaten path stuff. And on Disney Plus, they've got some really cool stuff. And one of them I've started watching is the Secrets of the Zoo series. They have one on the Tampa Zoo and one on the Columbus Zoo in Ohio. And it's fascinating because you learn so much about not only maybe species you had never heard of before, like the Binturong. Who knew those existed? It looks like a mix between a porcupine and a cat and they smell like popcorn. I know. Weirdest thing ever. Um, But you also learn that their primary goal really is conservation and repopulating the earth with these endangered species. So it's kind of funny because most of their job apparently is trying to make animals mate in captivity, which is hilarious. There you go. That does sound pretty interesting. I highly recommend it. No, it's funny. Disney Plus. You mentioned that because I've been doing the same thing with uh, some of the... Uh, Disney Plus stuff. I've been watching some of their National Geographic shows like Lost Cities and stuff, so that's been really cool. But uh, my recommendation is this. Uh, as we're recording today, this very fateful day, the Snyder Cut is going to be released next year on HBO Max. They are going to release Zack Snyder's version, finally, of Justice League, which I could not be more excited so um, I'm recommending that people just go back and watch Man of Steel 
and Batman v Superman, the ultimate edition to get ready. Uh, so, because it is going to be awesome. And, uh, I could not have been more excited today when that was announced. Um, and also I'd recommend, uh, watching the movies with the commentaries that Zack Snyder did on Vero. Um, you can find those on the YouTube channel for Vero, uh, both commentaries, uh, the Man of Steel and Batman v Superman one. Uh, both are, uh, I've, I've not gotten a chance to watch the Man of Steel one. It, it happened as we're recording today, um, but it was in the morning and I, you know, was at work. Uh, but I do know that like Henry Cavill showed up, uh, on it, which was great. And, um, they had some fans get to ask some questions too. So, hmm. uh, yeah, definitely worth checking out. I always enjoy hearing, uh, the, these type of things. So yeah, I'm just really excited and I uh, can't wait to, have a chance to talk about that next year when it comes out on HBO Max. So, uh, but uh, Christy, if anybody wants to catch up with you and just see what's going on out there, uh, what you're doing, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok now at Bespin Bell. And I also do a couple of other shows. When Matt and I aren't doing 602 Club, I appear on a show with my friend Teresa called Sabres and Spells. And uh, we actually have a big announcement coming up on our next episode. So you'll want to make sure that you listen to that one, um, as well as covering um, some new content. So yeah. If you like Harry Potter, Star Wars, anything geeky at all, you know, like we'll, we'll be covering stuff like that. But uh, then I also do a show called Planet Leia on the Fanthatrax network. We're finally getting back to recording some more this month. And I do a segment once a month on the Star Wars report called Fashion in Five about men's and women's Star Wars fashion. And you can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, Vero under the name Matt Rushing 2 um, I am here on the network doing... The Orb with Chris Jones. When we get a chance, we talk about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Two shows over there on the Nerd Party Network. One is called Owl Post, doing that with Drea Kaufman. And we are finally starting the Deathly Hallows. We are on the last book of the Harry Potter series. So I am really excited wow. about that. I know it's crazy. Uh, it's been a long journey. And, you know, we still have, I think there are 30 chapters in that book. So it's 31, I think, with the epilogue so we still got a while but it's it's been a blast so I'm, I'm really excited to finally get to this last book and then uh doing aggressive negotiations with john mills where we are talking about star wars every week i love sitting down with him and we just talk about a star wars topic that we've been thinking about or you know something that uh we've been inspired by with you know all the stuff that's going on in star wars these days and then last but not least uh, we do hope to be back soon uh, but cinema stories with my friend Courtney as we talk about films through the lens of faith. But thank you so much for joining us. And y'all come back now, you hear? Mm-hmm.